Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am so thrilled and frankly, I'm so grateful for Facebook because if it weren't for Facebook, I wouldn't have uncovered this story. And the story of today is a brilliant human who is located in Whistler. Her name is Irie Smith and she is on a mission to produce as minimal amount of waste as possible for 12 months or perhaps even longer. And I just, I thank you, Facebook, for sharing cool nuggets. And more so, thank you, Irie, for being up to such cool work in the world. Thank you for having me. This is so cool. <laughs> so cool. So, Irie, you're 17 years old. You're currently at the Waldorf School in Whistler. For yeah. people who aren't from BC, Whistler is our mountain town, about two hours north of the city. You're in a very progressive school in a really rad town and up to really cool stuff. And I am so grateful to jam with you tonight. Oh, I'm so excited. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. So here's the backstory. I met Irie's dad through a series of friends in Vancouver. And he said, you know, I have a really rad family and they love to live in Whistler. So I either need to find a job in Whistler or I'm going to stay in Vancouver and commute. And a few years later, I it comes full circle. Your mom shared an article about your quest to generate as small amount of waste as possible, which we'll get to. And I saw this and had to reach out. And I felt like such a weirdo. I'm this like old <laughs> person reaching out to a teenager on Facebook to say, I want to hear your when, story. When I got your message, I was like, this is probably the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Have a lot of people reached out to you since that article was published? I've had a few people with questions around how I do things and especially related to toiletry stuff. And yeah. I never knew that someone like me could be doing something that so many people would like so oh. much. You are so cool. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's dive in because I can't do this justice. So the Whistler Peak, which is the local newspaper in Whistler, mm -hmm. published your story. And let's start right from the beginning, October 1st. Mm-hmm. What, what happened? So at the start of the year, or kind of at the end of last year, I had watched my sister's grade 12 project and all of her friends, and I was kind of trying to decide what I wanted to do. And I had noticed on our local mountain how they had the goal for zero waste, and I was looking into that and how cool that was. And my aunt had actually told me a bit about a girl who had been doing a similar project and put all of her waste into a jar. So on the first day of school, I decided, okay, I'm going to figure out what I can do for the next month, how to kind of reduce it so I don't dive headfirst into the deep end. And by October 1st, I'm going to start putting all of my waste into a jar for about a year, yeah. For a year. And mm -hmm. how did you decide on a 500 milliliter jar? It seemed like the most reasonable for me, I think, just because I'd seen so many other people with smaller jars who had been doing it a bit longer. And I had a bigger jar, which was 
probably three times the size. And I kind of wanted to challenge myself because I felt like if I had a really big jar, I'd just kind of slack off a bit. And 500 milliliters just seemed like the perfect size. The perfect size. So all of your waste that cannot be composted or recycled goes in this jar for one full year. Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Hot diggity. <laughs> um, it's also really special to talk to you because I love mason jars. I have a, a real love for anything that can be put in a yeah. jar. And yes. seeing your waste in a jar, is that's real. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, so I'm not surprised people have reached out to learn about toiletries because part of your article spoke about your shower mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and a waste-free shower. And it made me think, you know, so tell me about, tell me about reducing the waste in your shower. <laughs> it sounds a little absurd and kind of abstract and hard to picture, but actually very different going from buying bottled soap at the store. I was looking for... Lots of blogs said bard soap is really good, and I tried that. And I wasn't a huge fan because my hair felt super raggedy, and I like to have it brushed and everything. So I found, my mom showed me this place in Vancouver, and you can take mason jars again (laughs) and get them filled up with conditioner, shampoo, body wash. Um, They even have like laundry detergent and dishwasher soap. And so every probably three months, I've noticed that I can just take jars down and they fill them up and then I don't have to have plastic containers. Also metal razors. So with a metal blade, they last way longer than a regular razor if you dry them off after you use them. So yeah, that's pretty much. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us, so you're about four months in? Probably going into four months, yeah. Going into four months. And how full would you say your jar is? Currently, it looks a lot fuller than I think it is because it's mostly receipts and they take up a lot. I think if I compressed it, I'd probably be probably a quarter to a third full, maybe. Now, you can't recycle receipts? Uh, Most receipts can't be recycled because they have BPA plastic as kind of a over top sealant and then when you go to take that to separate at the recycling depot because the particles are so small they don't separate with the paper properly lesson of the day (laughs) and you actually brought up receipts in your article as well about asking to not get receipts yeah and are people open to that i find that if you ask them like most places that I have found have to print a second receipt, as of now anyways. So when they ask you if you want a receipt, they've already printed the second one. So if you say no, it just goes in the garbage. So I've found out as I've been going along that I do accept them unless they don't have to print a second one. And I just say absolutely, like, don't print a second one. Don't (laughs) print. Okay, you mentioned a store in Vancouver. I'm assuming it's Nada. Uh, it's actually called the soap dispensary. Okay, I was wondering. I feel like there's two places, the soap dispensary, and if you haven't checked out Nada yet. I haven't yet. Nada. You must go to Nada. Nada is the first grocery store with no packaging. 
Really? So you must bring your own container for everything. And they have soaps as well, but everything, no packaging. So no way. I bring my bag of jars and you weigh them on the scale and then you fill them with goodies and there's a little cafe, but the cafe, you have to bring your own things if you want, you know, to get the soup or get the muffin or it's oh wonderful. How do you spell it? N-A-D-A. Good to know. Nada. And we'll include it in the show notes below. But I was going to ask you, have you found any other specific places or grocery stores or where are you gravitating to that, you know, that help you live the the most waste-free life? I have found in Whistler, I go to Nestor's most often because they have a pretty vast variety in their bulk section or olives which is in function and then you can just bring container or reusable bags before I started the little bags that you have are actually compostable olives so normally I save mine and then bring them back a second time just because it's easier than asking every time there's a new person if I can use my (laughs) jar but yeah those are the two biggest places I'd say Cool. And what about speaking of biggest, the the biggest impact, where have you found it to be the biggest challenge? I'm assuming it's beyond your shower. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. It definitely changed my diet 100%. Really? Yeah, between granola bars and there's so many other foods that are wrapped that don't even need to be wrapped almost as well. Little carrots come in plastic bags and everything. And in Whistler, we're lucky because we have a great recycling system. So now granola bars, wrappers can be recycled. Ah. I try to avoid them most of the time just because I'd rather not. But it's definitely changed that part of my life. And for sure, receipts are probably the second biggest, which is tough because anywhere you go, they have receipts. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. So can I ask in regards to your diet, have you cut out animal protein? I used to eat meat probably once or twice a week. And then about a month into my project, I decided that on November 1st, I would try going vegetarian for two months. And then on January 1st, I'd go vegan for two months and see which one I preferred. And then from there on would decide which one I kind of wanted to pursue because I didn't I did all this research on animal products and beef especially and I I was not so much on board with it anymore yeah it's a real thing I feel you so mm-hmm. you've gone through your vegetarian season and now you're in the season of vegan yeah how do you feel I actually prefer it I thought I would go crazy because I love cheese yeah I would just have cheese on everything but <laughs> I feel more fresh and alive before I was like, when people would say that, I was like, oh yeah, well, chocolate gives you energy and stuff, like make up all this crazy stuff. But yeah, it's definitely the feeling of freshness is real. Cool. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, What about going out places? I mean, Whistler is, you you live in a really special town and- Mm -hmm. There's not a ton of locals and there's certainly a vibe of, of it being, you know, a fun place to be. Yeah. Um, and you're at a very cool school. And, mm-hmm. and I just think, you know, with all of this stimuli, how do you make choices or, um, you know, say yes and no to things under the constraints of your new project? 
I don't find it super hard between school and work and snowboarding and everything. I don't have a lot of time to go out and really do a whole lot, but it is definitely, I think it's probably interesting for my friends to see how maybe I've, for sure, I've changed as a person, but even going to new places, I found that even my best friend we went to will go to a store and she'll be like, well, we're not getting that because that has packaging. Let's get this because it's recyclable or compostable. And it's super cool to see how what I'm doing is changing how the way other people think. Totally. That is so neat. And the purpose of the project was to challenge yourself, but was there more to it for you or, you know, why a year and, and, and what happens on the other end of a year? <laughs> I think a year to me seemed like a pretty well-rounded time frame. I felt like I thought about just until the end, till I presented my project. And then I thought uh, a year would be more kind of fulfilling for me just to say I did a year zero waste. But now I don't think I could ever go back to how I lived before. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it will probably be different when I'm living by myself. <laughs> and have to make even more decisions, but I'm so I'm really excited actually to see how that's going to go and see what more I can do with it. So cool. Now you are in grade 12 and you mm -hmm. live at home with a very cool family. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And how has your family responded to this? I mean, did you enroll your mom in saying, hey, ma, now the whole house is zero? Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think the biggest change, like going into it, we already had composting and pretty big recycling system in our house, but I think it was impactful. Like we swapped the compost in the garbage so that we have a massive compost and a smaller garbage. It makes it more mindful about what you're putting in. Christmas was a big one, not yeah. wrapping anything. So my parents had the most amazing idea to take all of the single socks that didn't have doubles and put whatever they were gonna wrap before just stuff them in the bottom so that there's still that sense of getting to open something and be surprised but not having to create the tape and paper that comes with it and being more mindful of what we're putting in stockings and actually getting for people was a big one too right so I guess even for you giving gifts mm -hmm. you're, you're not wrapping gifts or giving wasteful gifts for that matter yeah, I tried to do this year more experiences because I went to a talk in Vancouver and the lady said that her family was fully zero waste and they did experiences rather than gifts. And I thought that was super cool. And I love to give gifts. So I kind of went all out and tried my best to give concert tickets or just little things that weren't wrapped. That's so cool. Now, you're in grade 12, which means next year you have ambitions to go on and do what? I'm fingers crossed hoping to get into the University of Victoria as a first-year biology student, to which I can transfer into an environmental sciences course, which is political environmental sciences, 
and the actual science of it as well, which are two of my favorite things in the whole world. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. It's obviously ridiculously inspiring to see what you're doing and to be so mindful. And I mean, it just gives me great hope that if your generation cares as much as you care, I feel Mm -hmm. like maybe we, we actually won't ruin this planet um, <laughs> because the generation ahead of you has done a really good job of not mm-hmm. caring in the same way, you know? Yeah. And knowing what you know now and, you know, being educated as you do research into this further, what would you say are the top three things that we could all eliminate or stop doing or do differently to make the biggest impact? Mm-hmm. Top three. I would say... Uh, I definitely think people have their own routines and I'm zero waste so I kind of expect people to respect my zero waste as much as I have to respect people um, eating meat or whatever but I do think meat is a big one in terms of emissions and resources too that are being used up which is really tough because it is a huge industry. That one is a big one. Um, Zero waste is not for everyone. It's definitely a personal choice. But even just switching like your garbage to your compost, so you do have a bigger compost and a smaller garbage, just I think being more aware is probably the number one thing that you could do for yourself and everybody else. Just getting yourself familiar with what you like, what you don't like, how it makes you feel in terms of what you're doing for the planet or even just how much you want to do because there are different levels of what people want to get involved in. And So the third one would be just emissions in general. So cars and planes, which of course I am a total hypocrite when it comes to that stuff. I have a grade 12 trip coming up, which is going to Costa Rica, which of course is a plane. And I'm leaving the North America for the first time in March, going to Europe, which I've never done, which is scary. And I do feel guilty doing that, which is kind of a sad thing because there are so many people beforehand who could travel without even thinking about it because we didn't know that emissions kind of caused all of this damage and even living in Whistler, driving to Squamish, driving to anywhere, basically, we're so remote. It's definitely a big bump in the road. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's totally something we have to figure out. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, to your point, where do we turn a blind eye and where are we taking responsibility for it? So yeah. we know that eating animals and, and cows needs to stop. Mm-hmm. But if we knew the impact of eating cows versus driving a car, would we make different choices? Yeah, for sure. Just how does it all line up? And I think this isn't the answer, but if we can all do our part as passionately and as on purpose as, as we can Mm -hmm. and look and say, you know, how can I be just a little bit better? Mm -hmm. And that's in everything, in what we eat, in what we throw away, in what we compost. And for me, I'm so inspired, like I said, by people like you that are just better in a really radical way, not in a small way. It's radical. And what I love that you said at the beginning is, you know, you could have chosen a jar three times the size and that didn't feel like enough of a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I think we, you know, and you could have stopped after one month. 
and you could have only become a vegetarian for one month. And mm -hmm. instead it's like, well, what if I do this for two months and I'll decrease the size of the jar by you know, two thirds. And now I'll take on another layer and not eat mm -hmm. my favorite cheese for two months. <laughs> <laughs> and the results are really inspiring. It's you feel you. fresh and vivacious and all of Whistler and Facebook knows about this. <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing. So I just, I have two questions to end with. And the first is I want to know who you're inspired by or who you think is doing a great job in paving a way for someone like you right now. I've been following um, this company called Protect Our Winters for some time. It has all of my favorite snowboarders, skiers, outdoor enthusiasts who are just, you can tell they're just some of the most passionate people out there because they see the effects of climate change firsthand in the mountains. And what they're doing is so incredible. I got the opportunity to go and sit in on a meeting and how they're changing from, because their jobs send them all over the world. They drive electric cars now and they do more ski touring rather than snowmobiling and heli skiing. And it's super cool to see how they've changed their life because of what they love. It's, it's really inspiring yeah. for sure. That's rad. Our final question, we wrap every podcast at Team Corker with this question. We are passionate about heartbeats and what make people's hearts beat faster. And I want to know what's currently making your heart beat faster. What's currently making my heart beat faster? What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit of a trick question or not yeah. a trick question because undeniably I'm a triathlete and I like to swim, bike and run and it yeah. elevates my heart rate. But, you know, I'm equally excited and my heart rate increases when I get to have conversations like these. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm really obsessed with skate skiing right now and skate mm -hmm. skiing makes my heart rate elevated. And so it can be sweaty or it can just be excitement and enthusiasm for yeah. what you're up to. So if I were to say just one thing that's making your heart beat faster, what is it? Getting to do stuff like this, talking to new people about something that makes me so stoked about life and hopeful. Like I used to be such a shy kid, never really talked to people in so much depth, but with this project, it's really brought me out of my shell and made me a bit uncomfortable, which I think is definitely needed. That is so cool. I'm skate skiing now and I'm so terrible and I love it so much, but it makes me uncomfortable every time. And exactly. I think we get to a place where we don't want to be uncomfortable. As adults, mm. we don't want to be uncomfortable. And really, even you, a 17-year-old is like, I'm pretty cool not being uncomfortable. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, this is okay. And the fact that you're up for doing things to make you feel uncomfortable is just, it's so rad. Don't Thank you. stop. <laughs> Don't stop being uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll try. And with that, we wrap. Thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm going to follow up with you at the end of your one year. And we're going to host Sounds another good. podcast and show a picture of your jar. And Perfect. See where you're at. Thank you so much for letting me speak. This is truly incredible. Well, you're awesome. Here's to Thank you. Me.